<laughs> Guys, I can't fucking wait to see that movie. Yeah! I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week, we are bringing you a very special feature. Oh, yes. yes. We're going to play a fun little game of Mary Fuck Kill. I cannot wait to watch this movie again. It's just so fucking weird. We're about to hit the dance floor at Jackrabbit Slims because we've got that Saturday night fever, baby. I loved this movie too. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I just pray that Green Book doesn't win this. Oh picture. god, I know. That- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our weekend entertainment, focus in on a performer's career, or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And as we reach the finish line of the race to the Oscars, the best films of the year are all hot topics. You know, these films that have inspired audiences to dream a little bigger, have moved audiences to tears, have challenged audiences to shift their perspectives and see a story through a different light. The year's best films tell us stories that we haven't heard before and offer a chance for us to reflect on our own lives and ask the big questions. For this week's episode, we won't be talking about any of those films, because, dear listeners, for each yin there must be a yang. As Whitney profoundly sang in her hit song from the film Waiting to Exhale, For every win, someone must fail. And this <laughs> is that the lyric? Yes. <laughs> this week's episode features the failures, the movies that tried to reach those highest peaks and never quite made it to the first ridge, or the ones that jumped right on off the cliff, plummeting into the chasm of mediocrity. First up, Helen, Miss Sinclair, and myself will each highlight three of these inferior films. I urge you to proceed with caution, dear listeners, for we all know that Miss Sinclair's rants are legendary and scathing, and Helen, though typically prone to swooning, spits venom and vitriol with vigor when called to the task. (laughs) I think she's meaner than I am, to be honest. Oh! You can be, for sure. 100% when you don't like something. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So let's dive right into it. What are the three films that left us wanting? Helen, start with your third pick. Okay, my third least enjoyed film <laughs> of the year, <laughs> Luckiest Girl Alive. Oh. This came out on Netflix this fall, starring Mila Kunis, uh, directed by Mike Barker, based off of a book by Jessica Knoll. Here is the description. A woman in New York who seems to have things under control is faced with a trauma that makes her life unravel. So this movie is in the same vein as Girl on the Train, Woman in the Window, Gone Girl. Also, as I started making that list, I was like, all these movies slash books have girl or woman in the title. Mm. Mm. To like, is it just to be like, this is the audience. (laughs) Ladies, (laughs) this is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like trying to be that. I don't know what the book's like. I haven't read the book, but this movie's trying to be like that. But it just does it with with so little care. It's you know has that flawed female character who's dealing with trauma, like all those other stories do. Yeah, it just is. It's just not good. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it deals with with rape. It deals with a school shooting. It deals with eating disorders, and it's just like vomited at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's not done delicately at all and 
I I really disliked this movie. Yeah. Did now, but did you think that it was going to be good? Because you obviously went into this. We didn't do this for the podcast. So you watched no. this on your own accord, so you must have thought this was going to be somewhat good. I, actually, I knew someone that was in it. That's why I watched it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Fair. there had to have been like yeah. a driving force. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't have this. put this on. <laughs> yeah, part part of it shot in Toronto, so um, that right. Okay. So that was that was how I knew of it in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, yes, you can skip this one. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's disappointing because um, I really like Mila Kunis. Oh, yeah. And it's just not like to. To be honest, anyone could be in that role. It's not a role that's like suited to her at all. It It could be anyone, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Edison, what's your number three? So for me, my number three, what I realized was that I don't think I watched any, I watched very few films last year that I like hated or that I felt any type of really negative way about, right? But I definitely saw some films that were highly disappointing. Mm -hmm. And so number three for me is Jurassic World Dominion. Now, this is a perfect example of like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me eight times, you know. Um, You're asking for it. (laughs) The original Jurassic Park remains one of my favorite films of all time. It's a classic. Yes, it was pretty much all downhill from here. But this one, I don't know why I held on to hope. I thought the premise was kind of cool. This is set three years after the last film, and now dinosaurs are living in the world amongst humans mm. we've had to figure out how to coexist right. right in the oceans it's no longer orcas and great whites that are at the top of the food chain it's giant dinosaur beasts and etc there's velociraptors running through cities so it could have been a really cool premise unfortunately the film spends about eight minutes there and then mm. just falls into the exact same friggin thing as forever another dinosaur park and evil an evil businessman sort of villain whose motives you just really don't really understand mm-hmm. there were parts of it that were fun there were action pieces that were okay i always liked bryce dallas howard chris pratt has a certain you know presence and charisma but like there were too many dinosaurs too much <laughs> Ugh, it was just <laughs> was too many dinosaurs. Jurassic Truly. World, too many dinosaurs. Yeah, too many. <laughs> it was too overstuffed. Not even Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill returning to the franchise mm-hmm. could save this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Sinclair? What was your number three? Well, this is kind of an interesting list for me because there are a lot of movies out there that were bad this year, but I didn't bother watching them. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I didn't go to see Jurassic World. Like I just, I, I was getting the spidey senses there being like, this is going to be bad. And I just didn't bother yeah. with them. Um, I, I tried just not to waste my time really. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to movies that I haven't liked, a lot of them have been for the podcast and I've seen them because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, and we'll get more into this when we do our Oscar episode, four of my most (laughs) despised inferior (laughs) films are Best Picture nominees. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's that. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, three should come as no surprise, and that's the Fablemans. And <laughs> I am just not going to fully go into it. I think that if anyone wants to know my thoughts on the Fablemans, they can listen to the episode that we yeah. recently did on the Fablemans. 
And also, I'll have a chance to talk about it on the Oscar episode because it is nominated for Mm -hmm. multiple awards. I really tried to pick movies that I just really had a hard time sitting through to the point where Mm -hmm. I just wanted to leave the theater. Mm -hmm. And And this was one of them. This this was one of them. Um, (sighs) But, you know, um, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) i feel like if you've listened to this podcast you know how i feel about the fablements and why (laughs) yeah yeah okay uh helen number two okay my number two least enjoyed film of 2022 uh this is men Starring Jesse Buckley, written and directed by Alex Garland. Here's the description. A young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. I was excited to see this movie. I liked Annihilation. I liked Ex Machina. Um, I've generally liked Alex Garland's films. and And I really liked Jesse Buckley. And the trailer for this movie was very intriguing and looked super creepy. This movie is just basically here. This I can sum up the movie for you. Men are bad as told by a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. That's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is toxic masculinity just thrown in your face by a male director and not in any sort of like explored way. And mm-hmm. there is a bizarre, bizarre birthing scene. Oh, it's great. That's a, I mean, that's the best part of the movie. I think that that's why that, that movie isn't going to be on my list is because there is about yeah. 20 minutes of something I've definitely never seen on film it's before. True. And that made it interesting. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, we've had some interesting discussions about it's that movie. It's true. Uh, so it, it's not boring. It's just... It's, it's not boring. It's it just, just has its issues, for it sure. It just wasn't anything more than the title. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. there yeah. it is. Men. This is men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some hilarious reviews on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you want to go on there and read people's reviews of this movie. I mean, we were just talking about this today. I pretty much only go on Letterboxd when I watch a movie I really didn't like, and then I want to hear other people bitch about it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, oh, there's some gems on there. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It really has me cracking up today. Uh, but yeah, that's my number two. What about you, Edison? Mm-hmm. I skipped that one. And I it's, yeah. it's funny because I wanted to see it. I know. <laughs> it looked, yeah. you know, promising. But yes, I'm glad I saved, saved, reclaimed that time. So number two for me is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets oh, okay. of Dumbledore. Yeah. And what? That, that was a movie? <laughs> this year? That's what I mean. Like, was that but, even a movie yes, this past and, year? And exactly, though, this is the thing. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is directed by David Yates. The Fantastic Beast films have been okay. Yeah. As a director, you know, he did, basically he did from Order of the Phoenix, which was the fifth Harry Potter film, right? All of them. Six, Deathly Hollows, part one and part mm-hmm. two as well. Those films were amazing. They're very good. The later films in the series are really good. Yeah, so it's not a fault of the directing necessarily. It's just the story. I think the, the main issue with this initially is that this had all this controversy before it even began yeah right we had everything with jk rowling and her repeated anti-trans stuff we had ezra miller and all their shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) johnny Mm -hmm. depp being recast Mm -hmm. um 
it's just a lot and that weighs down the film yeah and it just doesn't have the same magic so i found it disappointing i i really wanted to be so excited to get back into the harry potter universe and yeah. back into this world of wizardry mm. and it just doesn't have the magic yeah and uh i wish that it had of um mm. eddie redmayne though always fantastic and charming yeah. as always he is great as newt scamander and jude law appropriately handsome but <laughs> You know, not even Dumbledore being canonically confirmed as being gay could save this film. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sinclair? Okay, my number two is Skinnamarink. Oh, oh, I almost put this on my oh, list too. That's disappointing. Thought is you might, Edison. Edison, you would hate this movie. Oh, Frank! <laughs> I was actually curious to see it. Damn it! This is actually Edison's nightmare for sure. <laughs> is this yeah. movie? I mean, thank God I didn't see this with you. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Helen and I went to see this. We had a nice date. Actually, a really nice Lovely time, date. to be honest. Yeah. Um, the movie, we didn't have that much <laughs> fun with. But yeah, I mean, this went viral mm-hmm. on TikTok because some of the footage was leaked from a film fest. And there was a lot of hype around this horror movie. Yeah. I guess I got had, to be honest, because <laughs> I, I feel a bit trolled by it, for sure. Mm. And, you know, I had a feeling that this was a hype machine that was happening but still you know you want to check it out I have a hard time saying that something isn't a movie you know because (laughs) what really constitutes a movie you know what what makes art art whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but this is a this to me was essentially a like an art installation it's yeah. it's something that you would see at Nuit Blanche that you would go to and this would be playing on what? a loop over and yeah. over again. I actually, you when know? we were watching it, I thought to myself, is he just reusing footage? Like there's certain, yeah. there's moments in this movie where you're like, I'm pretty sure we just watched this Is part. this looped? <laughs> what yeah. the hell? Over and over again. Well, yeah. it's about these kids that they're in their house and then, but it's just shots of like feet and furniture and walls. Yeah, and you never see their faces. No, you never see your face. You hear little kid voices. It's very grainy, so the whole film is film grain. That's it. And it's all anticipating a jump scare. That's the whole movie. I think that if you don't have a plot and you don't have a structure, that can be really unnerving, and maybe that is horror to people, possibly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think people sitting in and anticipating a jump scare is necessarily good horror. Yeah. You know, I'll say I, I appreciate it. I think that it's an interesting phenomenon that happened with it. Uh, but I, I just, I wouldn't watch it again and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so the way I described this you know? to you after we got out of the theater was the, the torture device, I guess, of having someone in a room and not letting them sleep and then blaring heavy metal at them. Yeah. That's how this the experience of this movie was. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> you know, the director just made a movie about a dream he had as a yeah. kid. And yeah. just, it might have been an, effect, an effective short film, possibly. Yeah. Uh, wow. But, okay. Well, so yeah. I will be skipping this one. Thank you. You would hate it. Yeah. I <laughs> almost want to see you watch it, to be honest. <laughs> It'd probably be more interesting watching Edison watch it than watching the movie. I think so. Yeah. 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 
Okay, <laughs> Helen, you have one more pick. This should come as no surprise. Uh, my number one is Blonde. <laughs> yes. yes. We have an episode on this movie. If you want to hear more in-depth thoughts about it from all of us, you can go back and listen to that episode. I just want to know who said, I want a movie about Marilyn Monroe, but make her life worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who I asked know. for that? I no know. one. I blame Andrew Dominic for this film. I just, I think he shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore. I, that's, I know that's a, <laughs> it's a bold statement, but I think he... He lost his right. Movie <laughs> yeah. card revoked. Yeah. 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 The worst stuff about this movie is the pro-life rhetoric in it and the grotesque blowjob scene. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, I, I, to be honest, I actually went back and listened to our episode today to just reignite that, that hate. <laughs> the and, fiery passion, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's, it's worse than I remember. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah about all the other bad things that I hated about this mm-hmm. movie. Well, we'll get into also when we do our Oscar episode, mm-hmm. should a, a film that is bad yeah. get even a nomination for acting? Because that right. still is giving the film an Oscar nom. I know. Right. The film has an Oscar nomination now. Yeah. And many Razzie nominations. Yeah. Which happens sometimes. But you're but... still honoring the film in some way. So yeah, yeah. So it is, it is a thing to think about, you know, even if you do think someone's performance is fine, should you still honor a film mm-hmm. like that? Because it is giving yeah. it credit. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. That film was bad. Really, really bad. Uh, all right, Edison, what's your number one? Okay, my number one... <sighs> film that just broke my heart this year mm. was Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. yeah. That Ugh. had no right being bad. It, it had didn't. no right being no. bad. It really didn't. Thor Ragnarok came out. Taika Waititi breathed mm-hmm. full new, fully new life into that character. There, It was this perfect blend of like comedy but still stakes. You really cared. Kate Blanchett is an epic villain. Like It was all so fucking good. It was better than good it was great Mm -hmm. and I was so excited for this one especially knowing going into it a little bit about what was going to happen with Jane's character in this storyline that's Natalie Portman and that that would be like tug at the heartstrings well this movie was just so disappointing it was Mm -hmm. so slapstick it was it leaned so far into that sort of absurdist self-referential comedy bent that nothing else in the film could matter and right. there were things that really should have been impactful emotionally, but mm-hmm. they couldn't because it was just too totally different and it was just too, too much. Hmm. I found this film to be incredibly disappointing. I I don't know if there's hope for the franchise. We'll see. But um, yeah, not even seeing Thor's perfectly sculpted <laughs> naked butt could save this film. Mm. Do you see his butt in it? Yes. And it <laughs> is godlike there's no other word right. <laughs> can i honestly can marvel just stop can they leave the the directors that we like alone no no they can't because that's what evil does helen <laughs> evil doesn't leave us alone it's always there <laughs> <laughs> okay sinclair what's your number one um <laughs> Well, my number one should come as no surprise as you two received the wrath of my text messages. Mm -hmm. 
upon watching this film. Uh, that's Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, another film that is a best mm-hmm. film of the year Oscar contender. Other nominations as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is being highly regarded in, in some respect, not by me. Elvis is the film by Baz Luhrmann with Austin <laughs> Butler. Playing oh, Elvis. Austin Butler. Oh, God. And I honestly think that Austin Butler would have been really good in a, in a better movie about Elvis. I think he is mm. good in this considering what this film is. But I think mm. that there is a movie out there that he could be really great in. It was all over the map. And of course, yes, his movies are like this. They are very colorful. They're very fast. But I found myself just wanting the camera to just stay on Austin Butler just for a second so Mm. I could see him, like Mm. see him be Elvis. Like I just couldn't focus on him. And the other thing that, that is weird is that the film is told through... Colonel Tom Parker, who is Elvis's crooked manager, mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. by Tom Hanks. So the story <laughs> is being told through the villain. But the problem is, is the Tom Hanks performance is so completely wacky. Like, it's yeah. it's so bizarre. He's in heavy prosthetics. He he looks like the penguin. I mm-hmm. he, he looks like he should be in a Batman movie as the penguin. I don't <laughs> get it. I don't either. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors ever. Yeah. This is like a real cartoon performance. Yeah, because I don't actually think that Tom Hanks is a villain. I don't think he can play a villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is it ends up being like putting on a villain mustache. Yes. And like him twirling his mustache and like creeping around a corner because he's not a villain. And and it just seems like somebody dressed as a villain for Halloween. Or like (laughs) his David S. Pumpkins thing he did for SNL. Yeah, he's just, he's not a villain. And I also just think I didn't learn anything about Elvis at all. I couldn't focus on Elvis. I I just I thought I didn't even finish the last 40 minutes of this. So, I mean, ho- maybe it gets better. I I don't know. No. But <laughs> it is very rare that I don't finish a movie. Very You very also rare. have never finished Moulin Rouge, which That's I another one I can't get through. We'll I will hold that against wow. you. Yes. Till yeah. our, the end of our days. Um yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet. I'm going to watch it before the Oscars. Uh, yeah. But I've heard similar things that you don't really actually learn anything about Elvis. And I, I it's con- it's strange to me the perspective that this is told through. Very well, strange. that was it my biggest strange. complaint about yeah. it, too, for sure, was why I don't understand why it was told yeah. through the lens of Colonel Parker. But, yeah. And that does prevent you from actually having any insight into the real inner workings of Elvis, the man. Right. Yeah, I did really love Austin Butler in this, though Mm -hmm. I will say I thought it was a star-making role. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond him being just almost ridiculously impossible to even conceive gorgeous, Mm -hmm. he was really good. Yeah. but And and I mean, you know, just chatting about movies that we think aren't very good, but having the central performance be nominated for an Oscar. Like, mm. I can see the Austin Butler thing a lot more than the Anna Darmus thing because, look, Elvis didn't offend me. I wasn't mm-hmm. offended right. by it. 
you know, I just didn't enjoy it. Like, I was offended by Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Blonde is an offensive so, movie. So, I yes. mean, I guess all the best to you, Austin Butler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, it's the bleak of winter. We're all frozen to our cores. People are catching up on their Oscar movies. But what do you do if you've already seen them all? The theaters aren't offering up much to whet the appetite. So we've taken the time to look back on some films from the past year that maybe aren't outright bombs, but that surely didn't get an invite to the Oscars. Helen, why don't you start? What's your film pick? So I decided to watch Shotgun Wedding. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> directed by Jason Moore, starring Jennifer Lopez and Josh Dummel. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the description, courtesy of IMDb. Darcy and Tom gather their families for the ultimate destination wedding. But when the entire wedding party is taken hostage, the bride and groom must save their loved ones if they don't kill each other first. <laughs> so, okay, here's my first gripe. Jennifer Lopez and Josh Dummel? Josh Dumel. Oh, is that how you say it? <laughs> Dumal? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, this is how well I know him. Josh Dumel. I just think of him as Fergie's ex-husband. I know. It. I I don't understand that pairing. Edison's um, not saying anything because he thinks he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he's actually not bad. He holds a soft spot in my heart because of um, Love, Simon. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I um, think that's probably why. Yeah. Where he was uh, playing the husband of one of Ben Affleck's other wives. That's right, wives. Jennifer Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it just feels like an odd pairing to me, and it it makes the movie off the bat just feel sort of forgettable. Mm-hmm. You know, I I kind of compare this to the I forget the name of it again already. The Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum one. Oh yeah, Lost with, City. Lost City. Yeah, yes. Lost City. That at least, you know, I saw the trailer for that and I'm like, I, to be, I haven't seen it, but I'm like, oh, it looks fun. And like, I want to watch those two play off of each other. Right. This, I'm like, why? That's fair. However, upon doing some research, it was actually supposed to be Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So that would be more exciting. Ryan Reynolds and Jennifer Lopez, right? Uh, he's also yes. a producer of this film. Um, he had to drop out and then he was replaced by Army Hammer. Oh. Pre all the shit that came out about Army Hammer, and then I imagine it was just like, oh shit, we got to recast this role. Who's available? <laughs> Dummel. That was my first thing. Was it just felt like a mismatch? This is here's my second gripe right off the bat. You can't name a Jennifer Lopez character Darcy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they they are on a Hollywood is on this constant quest to make Jennifer Lopez the every woman. <laughs> She's absolutely not. Like, she's supposed to be the Tom Hanks of yeah. actresses. Right. What Tom Hanks is to men is what Jennifer Lopez is supposed to be to us. It's it's un- unreal. Truly. Uh, right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, Darcy? Darcy. No, no. Absolutely not. That can't be her name. Who came up with that? I don't. It doesn't fit at all. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I got a gripe about this description as well, that they're at the ultimate or gathering their families for the ultimate destination wedding. That's actually not what happens in this movie. They decide to do a DIY wedding and get married in the Philippines. So it is a destination wedding, but it's like very low budget. And p- that leads into this premise of like, 
pirates show up on the beach and take the family hostage because it's kind of a cheap location. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez doing a DIY wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The every woman. The every woman, yeah. I mean, the... the I'm every woman. <laughs> the way they flip it in this is that it's actually Josh's character who's he's the groomzilla and he's like making all the centerpieces and stuff, which is mm. kind of funny. Here are the things that are okay about this movie. Uh, Darcy Carden is in this movie who uh, I first... An actual Darcy. An actual Darcy, and Darcy fits for her. She, I first saw her in Broad City. She's so funny, Mm. and then she played Janet in The Good Place. She's a really, really funny comedic actress. In this, she plays uh, Jennifer Lopez's dad's new girlfriend, who's a yoga teacher and is very, like, zen and all about energy, which is very funny. And then Jennifer Coolidge plays Josh Dumal's mother. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Who's also very funny. So there's a lot of fun comedic moments in this. And then we also get a little Lenny Kravitz. He plays uh, her ex. Oh, my God. Jennifer Lopez. Darcy's ex? Yes. Now, that would have been a cool, fun pairing. Yeah. Yeah. There's Um, that movie. So he's (laughs) the ex who happens to come to the wedding. And anyways. Yeah. I mean, this movie is not like horrible. It's a solid five. Maybe yeah. like, you know what? I this has inspired me. I'm going to go through Jennifer Lopez's filmography and count how many movies are wedding focused. I've actually already done this. Please um, tell me. Yeah. So how many we have shotgun wedding from 2023. We have marry me from 2022 <sighs> in 2010. The backup plan. She gets married in that movie. Yeah. Um, El Cantante in 2006. She gets married in that movie. Monster-in-Law, 2005, married in that one. Enough, she gets married in that, 2002. The Wedding Planner, 2001. And she's also married in uh, Selena in 1997. Yeah. Wow. That's... Uh, nearly as many times as Jennifer Lopez herself. Yeah. Well, really. yes, and yeah. that's the other thing. She's been married four <laughs> times. I think she's been engaged six times. So how many wedding dresses has this woman had on her body in her yeah. life? Like She just loves them. There, there yeah. is an obsession with Jennifer Lopez getting married and watching yeah. her get married and wanting wanting her to get married. Like it's it's mm-hmm. on and off screen. I think that yeah. she just loves love. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I get that. <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny, though, to hear it laid out like that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, shotgun wedding. I mean, the first 20 minutes are like pretty entertaining. So you could watch the first 20 minutes and then turn it off. Okay. Uh, Edison, what did you watch for February Slump? Well, the movie that I chose is Plain. Oh, very, very self explanatory film. Yes. <laughs> this one came out right at the start of 2023. It's directed by Jean Francois Richet and stars Gerard Butler. As Brody, an airline pilot who, against his better judgment, listens to the directives of his supervisors and flies through a pretty dramatic storm. And the plane, of course, crashes uh, on this remote island in the Philippines. And the relief that the passengers feel for not having died in the crash is quickly replaced by panic when they find out that this island is actually a lawless place, off the grid and run by a sort of cartel of criminals Mm. who waste no time arriving with guns rounding up the passengers and holding them hostage of course gerard butler manages to evade their capture and break them out of the makeshift prison just in time for the team of secret operatives the airline hired to arrive and rescue everyone in a giant bloody shootout and that's the entirety of the film there you go (laughs) Mm -hmm. however (laughs) kind of like greenland 
which Gerard Butler was in a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. This film is surprisingly not bad. Really? Mm-hmm. Not great, yeah. but truly not bad. Okay. The plane crash itself at the beginning is actually pretty effective. That's mm. a pretty effective like action sequence. It was terrifying, and it's a good 15, 20 minutes or so. And in general, the action sequences aren't bad in this. Um, Gerard Butler surprisingly genuinely pretty decent he's Mm -hmm. got a great screen presence Mm -hmm. he's very natural delivering his lines you really believe him as this guy the plot not absurd pretty simple storytelling it's a short film it kind of is just like a better version of those bruce willis films that Mm -hmm. have come out over the past Mm -hmm. few years and it's a dad film that like (laughs) kind of isn't bad so I don't know. It was it was like fine. Yeah. Do you do you think there's a more inventive title that could have been given to this movie? I mean, plane <laughs> is a bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, there's nothing really about this film that's inventive in any way. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. It's very like paint by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just he's done does... so many of these types of movies at this point. I'm sure writers are just tired now, and they're like, just call it plane. Yeah. Just call it plane. <laughs> Just call yeah. it plain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what type of title you could come up with, but, like, I don't know. I, I do, It did kind of make me think, like, Jared <laughs> Butler is not bad. Like, get get him in a better film, and I feel like he could probably deliver yeah. something really good. Yeah. I love when it's just him battling, like, the weather. <laughs> like, the <laughs> it's just him against the weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Sinclair, what did you pick? Okay, so I watched the three five five. Oh yes, uh, another movie that I only watched because of this podcast. Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> we remember this trailer coming out, uh-huh. and all of us were kind of like, "Ooh, I don't Ooh. know." Yeah. Like people's reaction to this trailer wasn't good. No. And there also was a bunch of COVID issues as well. Mm -hmm. Like they wanted to release this film and then Omicron came out. There was a a lot of um, struggle with the release of it too. Plus just people not feeling super excited after seeing the trailer. Uh, But this is directed by Simon Kinberg. Quick synopsis here. uh, When a top secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wild card CIA agent joins forces with three international agents on a mission to retrieve it while staying a step ahead of a mysterious woman who's tracking their every move. This stars Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger's in this, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Sebastian Stan also in this. He's, I think, making some questionable choices with some of the okay. movies that he's doing, but he mm. appears in this. This story is actually inspired by a female spy in the mm. 1860s who went by Agent 355. Mm-hmm. She was oh. among one of the first spies in the U.S., so basically, the code name 355 is associated with a female spy. So <laughs> Jessica Chastain was the one who was spearheading this. She worked with Simon Kinberg on Dark Phoenix, mm-hmm. which didn't do well. That was, was another terrible. female-led <sighs> movie that just, just didn't do well. So they worked on this 
film together and I can see why she would want to do this. It would be exciting to play this kick-ass female spy character, you know, get in the ranks of Angelina Jolie, Charlize Theron. That sounds exciting. And mm-hmm. she can deliver that. And she can somewhat deliver that to a certain... I think in better movies she can mm. yes. deliver that. I think that on paper this sounds like a good idea to have these really great actresses playing these kick-ass spy characters. The problem is we're having a we're having a surge of these Charlie's Angels, 355, these female-led action films that are just they're not good. Yeah. And and the problem is is that these movies bomb. Mm-hmm. reinforcing this idea that yeah. you can have these female-led action movies and it just doesn't help anybody mm-hmm. and women are are women supposed to be the audience for this because we can look at a trailer and say that doesn't look good it has great actresses in it but it, it doesn't look appealing to well, us. Well, the problem is that it didn't have girl or woman in the title, so, so you don't know. know. It just, it, it, <laughs> yeah. oh, and you're right, Helen, it had numbers. So, yeah. I mean, right away. We just, yeah. we, us women, we just tune out. <laughs> um, exactly that. Um. <laughs> I think it, it just feels forced. Yeah. And it, it's almost speaking down to the female audience where it's like, oh, you'll turn out to watch this just because it's, yeah, just because it's women. Like, no. Yeah, nobody mm-hmm. likes to feel like they're being pandered to. And mm-hmm. I, I I would never think that's Jessica Chastain's intentions, but I, where this movie ended up going. Basically, the biggest fault of this movie is that it's generic. It is very mm. generic. Spy thrillers are exciting and they're stylish. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this movie doesn't have style. It doesn't have excitement. And if you want to take the action film route, you have to have a charismatic action star that you're familiar with. Jean-Claude Van Damme, those plot lines, those stories, they're not great. Mm -hmm. But do you want to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme in an action film? Yes, that's the draw. Especially he always gets his butt out in action films. And his too. butt comes out, yes. But but <laughs> you have to kind of be attached to an action star to forego the the plots. Right. Of, right. Of right. Those movies. That makes sense. And if you want to do a spy thriller, it's gotta be stylish. Mm-hmm. And it's gotta be thrilling. This one just it doesn't have that at and all. And I think it's not it's it's not that people aren't gonna turn out to a female led spy thriller like Anna Darmas has a new spy franchise that's going to come out and with John John Wick right ballerina yeah, or whatever uh, sp- uh, exactly and I think that that is going to probably be hugely successful mm-hmm. right be- partially because it's a spin-off of an already successful franchise mm-hmm. so it's kind of coming with that but also just because it feels like a natural storytelling and you're just having this a, a great actress in the mm-hmm. title versus something that's being forced. Yeah, it has to appear like it's going to be a good movie <laughs> mm-hmm. right. for for us to want to go watch it. But say la vie, uh, it's not going to hurt Jessica Chastain in any way. She's great. Mm-hmm. She looks great in it. Her acting's still great. This movie just doesn't have uh, any sense of humor either. It takes itself mm-hmm. really seriously. There's mm-hmm. no moments of of humor. So, yeah, biggest offense. It's it's just it's generic. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not enough. 
Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. Next week is our Oscar special. If you're wondering why we haven't covered certain Oscar movies, uh, we will most likely be talking about them next week. And yeah, we are so excited for the Oscars. If there's anything you'd like us to discuss, get in touch with us. Our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet at us at TMTM Podcast. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Helen, and I'm very excited for second Christmas. It's right around the corner. <laughs> I'm Miss Sinclair, also excited. <laughs> and I'm Edison. Me too. See you next week. Woo! Bye. <laughs>